Glasgow Women's Library. Mixing the colours, women speaking about sectarianism. Womenslibrary.org.uk Penny for the Guy by Mary Therese Taylor Gran thumped her armchair and slopped her whiskey. A spill stain formed on the upholstery, but I could see she didn't care. Catholics do not do Guy Fox, she growled at her son, Brendan. Uncle Brendan was actually 58, but through his mummy's carelessness and her stubborn refusal to call the midwife, who was from Ulster, has remained forever a child of five. Sitting on a low stool at her feet, he hugged his knees and rocked back and forth, sobbing, Penny! Please, Mammy, a penny for the guy. Heathen, she narrowed her eyes and aimed her sharpened stare at him. Egypt. My boys scowled at Gran. On this, they were with Brendan. They knew the sound of her venomous pronouncements, but had been spared the worst extremes of her blinkered prejudice, unlike her daughter, Nora. She disowned Nora when she married a Protestant. The infallible Father O'Donnell, disapproving of their mixed marriage, refused, as was the custom, to bless their union at the altar, offering them a sideshow in the vestry. Such was his hold over Gran that she would no more have thought of defying him than allowing Brendan to bring home the friend he had made at the day centre, after, in his innocence, he had let slip that this lad had a great time at the boys' brigade. I learned some years later, when Nora lost her little one, she had to bear the unbearable without her mother's understanding. We never forgave her. Silently, I prayed the drink would take her, and my prayers were answered, appropriately enough, the boys suggested, on October 31st. The earliest date they could give us for the funeral was November 6th, which allowed time to have a wake and give her biddies from the church a chance to come and say the rosary around the open coffin. She had left orders that she be laid out wearing an outfit of scarlet chiffon and georgette she had worn to Rome for the Feast of the Sacred Heart, where she had been complimented on its liturgical significance. Thereafter, she decreed that she be dressed in it when they laid her in the earth and her soul went to meet her maker. There was no question of cremation. Catholics, we had been reminded, do not do cremation. Helpless beside the embalmed remains, Brendan's eyes registered confusion. Although it was like her, he refused to accept that the corpse was his mammy. It was too quiet. The whole business was just beyond him. So, to help him through it all, we decided that the best tactic was distraction. Now that Gran was no longer around to dispense misery and prejudice, there was no reason to deny Brendan his bonfire. The boys and their dad got a bumper box of fireworks and built a modest but respectable pile from old bits and pieces of dried wood at the foot of the garden, the garden which now belonged to Brendan. 
After he had waved the last of the day's mourners goodbye from the upstairs window, I signalled to the boys and their dad to get things underway. They lit the bonfire and opened the firework display with Catherine wheels and rockets. I waved to Brendan to come down and join us. It was his bonfire, after all. He threw up the window and called down, Penny for the guy! That's right, Brendan, a penny for the guy. I hoped he wouldn't be disappointed. We hadn't managed to fashion a guy for the grand finale. He seemed to have his heart set on one. Still, he sounded happy enough. A moment later, I heard a warning shout from my husband and thought it was for one of our lads going too close to the fireworks. But it was for Brendan. Fast approaching the blazing bonfire, a stromboli exploded in a fountain of silver as he flashed by a familiar bright red diaphanous bundle of Georgette across his big muscular arms. With a smile so wide, I thought his cheeks would burst, his eyes sparkling with delight, one almighty heave and a shout of triumph, his scarlet trophy was on the fire. Penny for the guy!